Growler Media presents Joe vs. the Minute. Welcome back to Joe vs. the Minute, where we're taking you to the volcano one minute at a time. I am Jarf. I am Tierney. Oh, and me. I'm Carol Pinchevsky, and I'm a freelance writer. Excellent. Welcome, Carol. We're so glad that you could join us for Minute 34. Thank you for having me. So Minute 34 of Joe vs. the Volcano starts with Graynamore recounting the legend around the big woo. And it ends with Graynamore saying the Waponies are holding out for a hero. So these are they big... They need a hero! <laughs> there it is. Yes, there it is. <laughs> it had to be done. It had to be done. And you were the one to do it. And these are big time minutes. So this now, now the plot is really chugging along. And so we had to bring a big time guest for this week in Carol. And so I wanted to... Before we even dive into kind of the breakdown of what happens in this minute, just ask you, Carol, what your background with this movie is. Do you maybe remember the first time you saw it? Overall impressions that you're bringing to Minute 34? Well, I'm Carol Pinchevsky. I'm a freelance writer. I've written for markets like the New York Times, Playboy, Forbes. Uh, I'm a contributing writer with sci-fi.com. And I saw Joe versus the Volcano when it came out in 1990, which I had to remind myself, I actually thought this was a much earlier film. It feels very solidly mid-80s to me in some ways. I enjoyed it in the theater, but I had some problems with it when thinking about it. Like, like looking back, I thought, is this a little bit racist? <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure about that. I don't quite know how to put this film into context. And I can tell at points that it's dated. In fact, in the minute, either this minute or the next one, you'll see that there is some datedness to it. So I don't know if it's aged that well, but it was very charming when I saw it. And I think that's in part to the writer, John Patrick Shanley, who wrote one of my favorite movies, Moonstruck, which is funny because um, I write primarily about science fiction, fantasy, and horror, but Moonstruck is just perfection to me. And one of the reasons I like it is it's got my favorite line, one of my favorite lines of all time in any movie. And uh, the line is uh, one character is telling Cher's character, like, uh, you know, you're disappointed, but in time you'll see that it's for the best. And then she says, in time, you'll drop dead, and I'll come to your funeral in a red dress. <laughs> like, oh my god. It's <laughs> like the best line ever. When you think about how mean that is, <laughs> I'll come to your funeral in a red dress. So, uh, yeah, uh, I think John Patrick Shanley really has a way with words. He really does. And there are some great, great lines in this film. Un- under-celebrated lines. Is there a Joe versus a volcano quote that stands out to you? Well, I know I'm putting brain, you on the spot here. Brain cloud. <laughs> brain cloud. <laughs> I was supposed to do the brain cloud minute, but unfortunately we had a had a death in the family, so I, I couldn't do it. But I could. I just love brain clouds. <laughs> mm, yeah. Yes, I, I'm. I'm sorry to hear that, and I'm sorry that timing. Yeah. didn't work out. Yeah, so, but, but but brain cloud, I think that would be. But I've got another good line, and it's coming up as Ooh, as coming we'll up see. in our week? Uh, yeah, uh-huh. Ooh, that's exciting. So yeah, uh-huh. we'll hold out for that. Right. It's funny that you bring up the brain cloud and quotable quotes, because I was actually, I was thinking of one today, because I 
had our annual maintenance on our heater and the technician kind of comes back from down in the basement with this grave expression on his face and and he's starting to kind of go through all the things that are working right with the heater but you Mm -hmm. can just tell that there is a big butt to come Uh and the uh big butt is that uh, like a central component of it is cracked and would Uh. start leaking lethal gases into the house if we started to use it so the whole thing has to be replaced so Um, i just i was wondering why did you go through all the things that are working well when that's the case and it had me thinking of so i'm fine except for this terminal disease right (laughs) exactly exactly and i was wondering why a hypochondriac like joe would not have immediately gone out to research brain clouds see if only he had web md yes at his disposal it's the difference of timing it was a different world Uh Uh huh. Yeah, but a, uh, a a true hypochondriac would have medical would have his records. Own medical dictionary. <laughs> and in fact, he he works for a medical company and he runs the library. That's I mean, true. Wouldn't, wouldn't <laughs> he, he have could access? Have it up in his very own library. Yeah, wouldn't he have access to all of this medical information? I mean, I mean that was one of the first clues that Joe was being set up. Yeah, that's a good point. I think that for anybody else. But Joe, it would be a good question. Why doesn't he do that? But I think that it is in keeping with his character that he doesn't because he's just, he's checked out. Right. He doesn't engage with life and he doesn't try to do things to affect his situation in a positive way. He, even while Greenmore is giving him this hard sell, he is almost like a small child in the way that he's responding. Grainamore grandly points up in a direction. You just see Joe's eyeline follow where he's pointing, and, <laughs> and he's kind of just receiving this all in a daze. Well, and even when he does respond, he's like, what do they want? You're right, it's very childlike. It's like, what happens next? Strange man in my apartment telling me a story. <laughs> right, right. I always liked this as a kid because I got to say boobaloo, which is very it, fun to say. I thought it was boobaroo. B-U-B-U-R-U. Boobaroo. It is entirely possible that that is the real way to say it. I don't but know. But I have definitely been saying boobaloo for like 35, 30 years. <laughs> I, I think I'm siding with Carol on this because the first note that I made. Oh, I think she's absolutely oh, right. I, I want to make it clear that I do not think I am pronouncing it correctly. <laughs> I, I had to replay the word a few times, so but I'm still not positive. So I, I defer to your, your greater wisdom, having spent well, so much time time with Joe versus the volcano. It sounds like a made up word. And that's what I don't really like, because there could have been some just random scientific words. I mean, if you look at Star Trek, you've got, you know, dilithium crystals. They're not real, but lithium is real. Uh, You've got, you know, the the wheat, the special wheat that the triples eat, quadro triticale, triticale. Triticale is the name for wheat, the taxonomical name for wheat. So, I don't like that word. I I think it sounds just wrong. It sounds wrong to my ears, and I really wish they had used a, a more scientific word. It does make it sound like nonsense. Yeah, yeah. I guess it is part of the uh, the fact that it is kind of a fantasy like world, perhaps. But uh, I learned that uh, there could be some justification for this. It turns out that uh, according to volcano.oregonstate.edu, volcanoes are sources of rare earth elements. 
Oh, how about that? That so, makes sense. Right. A whole lot is of going on inside that volcano. Right. So maybe, just maybe, a volcanic mineral, you know, a volcano spewed up a rare earth element that happens to be, to have super conductivity properties, super conductive properties rather, and and therefore is necessary. So that part I found reasonably accurate. Yeah, it's weird because it's this crazy word that a child would think is funny. And yet there's that almost scientific spin on it where it's like, oh, it's not that this island is the only place it exists. It's just this island has the most of it. Because he, he says, you know, I don't know anywhere else you can find more. Is it more than a gram of the stuff? Something and so, like that. Yeah, yeah, it's something like that. And so I like the idea that it's like, okay, this exists other places, but this is the mother load. Literally, the load right. of, of it. Ooh, nice one. For whatever reason, this volcano produces the most or whatever. It's super rare everywhere else and it's not rare here. And so that tells us why we're fixated on this island, why he wants to trade, apparently, a hero for mineral rights. Right. Hold on a second. The people of this island are the Waponi, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why wasn't it just called... Waponium. Yes. <laughs> it was right there. It really was. <laughs> it really was. It would have, I think that would have made a lot more sense than Boobaroo. <laughs> <laughs> it, basically, in almost any context, it would have made more sense than Boobaroo will right. be true. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to, me, to me, it's sad that the superconductors aren't anywhere else. <laughs> In this in this movie, you know, wouldn't that have been fun? Like, oh look, the a superconducting super collider comes along, and bam! <laughs> now we know the nature of the universe. Yay! <laughs> I I think that would have been, you know, well, certainly a different movie, but it would have had a very fun twist to it. I think maybe because I like science fiction so much. Yeah, how hard would it have been to throw some crates with some crazy scientific words on them in the background in the boat scenes? <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh yeah. You could totally do that. It's Grainamore's boat. Exactly. Right. Just right. have a couple things where it's like, oh, yeah, he told me not to go in there. He's a weird guy like that. Oh, yeah, no, I got that, that he's a weird guy. You know, there, you could do a little bit without having to do a lot, if that makes any sense. <laughs> do you think that there was a connection between Grainamore's company and the company that Joe's, Joe works for? I mean, it is a scientific company. So do you think he was scouted from even before? Hmm. Well, he's got the psychiatrist in his pocket. Right. So he's got to be seeing that, or not the psychiatrist, um, the, the doctor in mm -hmm. his pocket. Mm -hmm. And it, he would have been using his employer's insurance. <laughs> right. So well, the, he, he, he's already spoilers just... for the end, that's not a doctor that Joe could have gone to. That right. doctor had to have been picked for him. Well, it doesn't mean he wasn't in network. <laughs> yeah, that's the, like, Joe must have saw someone. That's when he got, he appeared on Grainamore's radar. And then Grainamore had him referred to Ellison? Right. That makes sense to me. Okay. I think he'd been stalked for for a very long time. Yeah, he has to have. Yep. And I, I have my reasons coming up in a few minutes. <laughs> oh, intriguing. Yeah, uh -huh. I think there must be some kind of connection. Probably Joe isn't the only patient that this... What was the doctor's name, Tierney? 
Ellison? Yeah, Dr. Ellison. But probably Dr. Ellison sees a number of patients from companies that Grainamore has some kind of controlling interest in. And he, he's just got a profile that he's looking out for. Right. Yes. That'll come up in a few seconds, uh, a few seconds of screen time, but maybe more than that. But yeah, I, I would like to put a pin on this because I do have a reason. I okay. think he's been nice. stopped so for we'll, a very we'll long time. We'll save that okay. for Wednesday's episode. Right. Yeah. No, I'm just realizing I had a very childlike impression of this whole thing where I was like, oh, yeah, his private doctor, which I we can have the actual conversation. But just so as I'm talking to you guys, you realize that I'm like processing this as we're speaking where I'm like, oh, that does make a lot of sense. Okay. Do you want me to just bring it up? <laughs> I can just talk about no, it. Let's, nope. Sorry. Save it. Save right. it. Okay. Yeah. Because <laughs> I get, no, I have a valid reason to think he's been no, my, stopped for a while. Uh, and and my only other notes for this minute were very, very observational. There's very strange lighting in this scene. The way the actors are lit doesn't really match up with that light coming through the lightning bolt in the wall, which doesn't match up with how it's lit when Grainamore stands up. But you know what? It's not, it's not anything crazy. It's just there are shadows that are not working for me when I watch this one minute at a time. But more distracting is that I unfortunately at the beginning of this minute thought, are these guys wearing wigs? And now it's all I can think about. <laughs> hmm. I think that mullet that Joe is wearing is just an unfortunate representation of the times. Okay. <laughs> I just, I was staring at Lloyd Bridges' hair, which I never questioned before, but I was like, it kind of looks fake. Hmm. And then it cuts to Joe and I'm like, that doesn't look like real hair either. But, hmm. but both of them could be e- either way. Like I... If anyone knows how to prove that one way or another, I'm all ears is what I'm saying. Right, right. So we are going to unlock all the mysteries of this movie from the corporate ties of Grainamore to the wigs. (laughs) But Uh speaking of unfortunate representations of the times. I wanted to circle back, Carol, to one of your initial points that on rewatching this to put it lightly, some of the indigenous representations yes. that, um, didn't sit well with you. And no, it didn't. I, I think that we'll have a larger conversation of this when we actually get to the island. Um, uh-huh, right. um, but let's just talk about kind of what comes up in this minute through that lens. Right. The The first thing I noticed is that Lloyd Bridges calls him Kimosabe, which is yeah, which was an endearing, endearing nickname. An endearing nickname, dude. <laughs> endearing <laughs> nickname in that time and place because that refers to the Lone Ranger's uh, sidekick, the Native American, uh, who, you know, Kimosabe was there the name they used and wait what was the name tonto 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 referred to the lone ranger as kimosabe i assume that means friend it could really mean <laughs> die <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it could mean you're gonna die and i'm gonna show up to your funeral in a red dress yeah yeah but that for me have, having lloyd bridges call him kimosabe was you know one way in which the movie is mired in the 20th century another thing is at one point lloyd bridges and he is so manic he is absolutely manic and he and he grabs joe from behind and I'm like oh my god bad touching 
<laughs> bad touching. So it's it's not just racism. It's bad touching. <laughs> oh, yes. He's given no respect for personal space. No, bad touching. But I would love to shout out Lloyd Bridges at that moment because for me, it was clear he got this job because of his work on Airplane. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. He whips out his highly un-PC pipe. Mm-hmm. You know, the pipe with the, the woman with the breasts. Yes, we we had quite the chat about the pipe um, with our guest Curtis last week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, my husband looks at that and he says, "Looks like I picked the wrong week to quit smoking." <laughs> uh, do you want to hear what I have to say about smoking? <laughs> sure. Okay, I did some research. Um, that pipe, you know hella classy dude, but it was not atypical of the time. Pipes are have been highly decorated for centuries. Uh, typically, pipes are made out of wood, but they're frequently made out of clay. And this looks kind of like a combo of wood and clay. Clay burns hotter. Clay pipes burn hotter, but they don't add any kind of flavor to the tobacco. And it turns out wood does, as I learned when researching that. And um, clay pipes are a common object found at historical dig sites because they, you know, when they're fired, they don't, uh, they don't break down like other types of clay. According to Wikipedia, um, smoking a pipe in Native America is a ceremonial ritual, but I only just learned from reading this article why. I mean, it's used to, you know, uh, foment alliances. It's used to share, you know, around the, the campfire with someone. According to Wikipedia, tobacco is considered a gift from the creator, and tobacco smoke is seen as carrying one's thoughts and prayers to the spirits. Isn't that amazing? That's cool. So when you smoke, you're actually praying, to sending your thoughts to the gods. Like, oh, that makes perfect sense. I thought it was going to be a gift from the creator because it keeps the mosquitoes away, but that is even more beautiful. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I I never thought about the mosquito aspect. (laughs) Yeah, before you've got D, you you want that smoke to keep the bugs off you. Tierney is a pro summer camper, so she Uh she gives that good uh, summer camp perspective. Tierney, do you have an O blood type by any chance? No, I don't. Uh-huh. What is but your... I also don't react to mosquito bites right. very badly. <laughs> it turns that people with O blood type are more yummy to mosquitoes. Mm-hmm. As I recently learned when my husband and I went to Portugal, we went to Lisbon and my husband and my best friend, they were both nommed alive and they are both O. And <laughs> I'm AB Paws and I didn't get a single bite. So careful about that. But anyway, another thing about pipes, there was an article in the Journal of the National Cancer Association in 2004, and it hasn't been updated, and I'll explain that in a second. Um, It says that pipe smoke has an increased risk of cancer over non-smokers, but a decreased, decreased risk of cancer over cigarette smokers. So it's less carcinogenic than cigarettes. And it is the same or slightly greater risk over cigars. So in terms of getting cancer, it's no tobacco, it's cigars and pipes, and then it's cigarettes. But of course, the more you smoke, the greater cancer risk. And the cancers you get from smoking cigarettes, the cancers that this character, <laughs> Great Moore, will be dying from, more likely, <laughs> is oropharynx, esophagus, colorectum, pancreas, rectum, cancers. And also an increased risk for chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, COPD. So that's what happens when you smoke. But (laughs) I think 
if we moved this to the 21st century, he would be a vapor. Oh, gosh. <laughs> he would totally be I a vapor. I think would, he would also be much younger. Oh, he, right. He would be like a, like a hipster, right. mogul, right. vaping. Oh, God, you're right. I totally Ew. agree with you. Absolutely. Yep. He would not have been cast as someone as as older. But, you know, back then you wanted an older person running your business. And now, unfortunately, there's ageism, another problem of the 21st century that we didn't have then. But yeah, yeah, you're right. And we wouldn't get this beautiful headcanon that Lloyd Bridges' character in Jill vs. the Volcano and Lloyd Bridges' character in Airplane are brothers. (laughs) (laughs) That's perfect. (laughs) Identical twins. (laughs) Enjoy that universe. You get that one for free. <laughs> <laughs> it, it works for me. But mm-hmm. but then, so uh, Grinamore is talking. He's really, you know, very excited. And what he tells Joe is, from your exploits in the fire department, I think you've got the courage. And to me, that is how I know that Joe has been set up because he's been researched thoroughly. I can't wait. I love that he starts off, you know, telling him about those exploits and yeah i think it's the next minute we're gonna get this conversation is gonna come full circle right but then he also says you haven't got any money i checked so that's not just looking at somebody's medical file i mean that's somebody who's been thoroughly vetted yeah we'll keep that in mind when we get to uh is that in minute 35 i think yes that's in minute 35 explaining all right 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 right. so hold that thought carol i will i'm holding it Keep that in mind, listeners, uh-huh. and stay in suspense until Wednesday. Uh-huh. But in the meantime, Carol, do you want to let folks know where they can find you on the internet? Wait, I have I have one more thing to say. <laughs> two more things to say <laughs> about Joe versus say those two things. This, this minute. You know, he says, that's not, uh, Granamore says, that's not the way I want to go. But, and Joe's place is pretty crappy. And he's got that that gash in his wall. That's the exact same lightning strike that we keep seeing, the same logo as his company. Yep. Did you notice that? I love that. You know, his place is crappy, but I'm a New Yorker, and I promise you I've seen crappier. <laughs> I have seen absolutely crappier. So so I think his I think his apartment is perfectly fine place to spend the rest of his days. <laughs> I used to see my place. <laughs> and uh, I guess the, the last note is um, his job is in Long Island City, but it's really hot, trendy property right now. And he lives in Staten Island, which is not quite hot, trendy property, but it is the only <laughs> affordable place left in New York City. So it makes sense he would be there. I like that. We were debating where the factory was earlier in this mi- in this movie. Long Island City, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> clearly. <laughs> yeah, we needed you then, Carol. I think getting a real New Yorker. <laughs> New Yorker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, and I guess you can you can find me on Twitter at Carol Pinchevsky, Carol Pinchevsky, pin like the needle, chef like the cook, sky like the thing above you, and on Facebook, Carol Pinchevsky, pin like the needle, chef like the cook, and sky like the thing above you. Nice. Excellent. How about you, Tierney? 
Oh, well, you can find me on those places, too. I am known as One Steel Sister, O-N-E-S-T-E-L-E-S-I-S-T-E-R. That's how you'll find me on Twitter, Instagram. And if you add a .com to the end of it, you'll find links to my podcasts and writing. And I'm on Twitter as Inspector Flora, Inspector F-L-O-R-A, since we're all spelling out our things. I, I, <laughs> I want to be a part of that, too. And then if you want to follow along with the show, we're on Twitter and Instagram at Joe versus Minute. And you can join your fellow listeners if you're on Facebook in our private Facebook group, which is the Joe versus the Minute listeners luggage raft. So luggage think- raft. <laughs> I'm glad that you like the name. Yes, um, shout out to Jonathan Karloff for um, coming up with that creative name for our group. Our nice little raft making its way through the internet. So that is it. I think that we really did it. I always love it when we uncover little secrets about the movie. And I think that that is going to enhance my viewing of the movie for years to come. So that's kind of what this is all about. We've got some special secrets that we're going to explore further in Wednesday's episode. And we hope that you'll join us again for that. Until then, Tierney, what should our destination be? Oh, the mineral rights for Boobaloo. The mineral <laughs> rights for Boobaloo. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where I'm gonna go when the volcano blows. Let me say it now. I don't know. Something is really different. I'm a growler.